Yeah, I'm in my bag, but I mean he is too. <laughs> and that's why every time you see me, I got some new shoes. Bag lady, you gon' hurt your back. Dragging on a match like that. The whole bag. And we're back. We're back. That's what it's like going to HBCU. <laughs> and we're back. We're back. So today's we're on episode ten. Thank you Woo! guys for sticking with us this far. First of all, we this means so much to me and Toya because um, we did talk about like getting to our first ten episodes, and it was like it seems so far away. But we're here, and it's I know it's only ten, but we made it, niggas. Yeah. So like I'm excited about it. Um, Today, we're talking about the HBCU experience. We are both Texas Southern University alumna. Go HBCU. Alumni, sorry. When it's plural, it's Go Tigers. N-A-E. You know, the whole- Alumna. We we went there. And we graduated. <laughs> but you know what? We're in Houston. So let me specify that. Because people will say, did you go to TSU? I have to say, I, I, I graduated from TSU. Everybody look, in Houston went to TSU. Because <laughs> look, they, they, they had open enrollment for the longest time. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you something. Them niggas do not let you out of there. They will try to keep yeah. you and every little dime yeah. that you owe them yeah. for fucking the fucking cafe with that nasty ass food. Like they will try to nickel and dime you and look, we made it. But I used to be feeling so left out when I would ask my friends, did you eat yet? It was like, you went to the calf without me? Nah, for real though. It was like the betrayal. You, you bum bitch. Where's the loyalty? Right. Where is the loyalty? You can't leave me and go to the calf by yourself. And then instead of going to the calf, we had like other little restaurants in there. Um, I remember, was it Wow Wings? But that wasn't until later. That was, Even still, my point is going oh yeah, to Wow Wings me, was yeah. an experience in itself mm-hmm. because I would say, can I get a number? We don't got none. <laughs> well, then can I get it? You can't fuck. Read. You can't fuck read. We don't have that. It's like, damn, never mind. Just give me some water. Just Y'all, everybody water. that worked in the calf was like a prison. Uh, it was Sodexo. Yeah, they yes. were ex-cons. Yes. And so they just, hey, Miss Lady, you want some corn? One tooth in their mouth right here. <laughs> Added twos, but it was just like, I don't know. It was Cigarette so or black and mild was right here. It was just so many things that was unsanitary. Ooh, man. And then they tried to upgrade and give us like a gourmet experience that lasted for like two months. And then <laughs> we went back to, hey, you want this or no? <laughs> oh, oh, you ain't got. Oh, and then what we used downstairs? to steal. Was it, it wasn't Chick-fil-A. What was downstairs? Oh, bitch. So I, what year did you come to TSU? Fall 09. Okay, so I came to fall 08. So there was this girl from U of H. And this was the first time I ever went viral before going viral was a thing. She went viral first. She went to U of H and she came over to Texas Southern and she was like, how ironic is it that I come to an HBCU campus and all these niggas got chicken. They got fucking KFC. And guess what? They don't even have, they don't even have chicken wings. They only got chicken breast. What the fuck? And she just like went in on this thing. It's like, bitch, stay a little bougie ass over across Scott Street. Cause guess what? We like our chicken wings. Bitch, she like, wasn't lying. It was, now I think about it, we had the calf, it was chicken. It was chicken KFC everywhere. downstairs was chicken and upstairs was Frenchies wild chicken. Frenchies across the street Frenchies was chicken. The street. You go to the corner store, they also had hot plates with chicken on it. 
<laughs> Listen, I like my HBCU experience. Thank you. I, if I learned anything, I learned how to fry some motherfucking chicken. You ain't lying. Child. <laughs> you learned how to do a lot with chicken, okay? Chicken noodle soup. We taking that chicken back and we doing something with it in the dorm. Hey, did so I was in the honors program. And so in the honors program, they made you get a meal plan, like the full meal plan. And they made you get the dorms and all that stuff. And so um, I had some friends who weren't obligated to get that meal plan. And so we would pass our, um, our cards back so that they could swipe to get in. And then they, the um, people, the gate, like the gatekeepers, the um, lunch lady <laughs> the used to be real. Goddamn. Yeah, they used to get real like extra. They were like, ah, do you not Taylor Reynolds? She just ate here an hour ago. I'm like, bitch, I'm sharing yeah, my. Yeah, they were we like were, the FBI. Y'all, people literally were not. We When we came to school, it was during the recession. So a lot of people's parents didn't have money to give them. And yeah. so, of course, we were sharing our lunch cards like it was nothing. Because guess what? We ain't paying for this shit. Fuck them student loans. So why not share the experience? But they were tripping. I think in the beginning, too, they used to even give you to-go boxes. And they stopped doing that. Yeah, they that. stopped doing that because we was taking everything back. So look, mm-hmm. Terry Wester, we was having parties. And we needed food to support the party, okay? <laughs> you can't turn up with no sides. <laughs> we got the chicken. We just need the macaroni, Okay. <laughs> Y'all, our experience, people say what they want about TSU. Like, people talk so much shit about TSU, but let me tell you something. When did open enrollment close? Um, uh, After we graduated, because I remember Dr. Redley before... Uh, before, like, I think a year before he resigned, he had closed open enrollment, and it was a big thing. But, I mean, it I personally been was 20, for it. 12 or 13? No, no, no. It was like 2014. 2013, 2014. Yeah. Because he left in like 15 or 16. Then shit got real different real fast. Because he came from U of H to TSU, correct? Yeah. He came from U of H to TSU. We can't look. It's always some drama at our. I don't know about other people's HBCUs. No, because I know PVs right down the street. They had nearly half as much. Now, they used to be the ratchet school where you was going to get shot if you went to their homecoming. One but. way in and one way out. <laughs> I, I never went. To, I went to their homecoming. I mean, it was uh, dangerous tailgating back in the once. Day. And one time I went, it got shot up. I was like, nope. Yeah, back in the day when uh, Lil Wayne dropped no ceilings, because we used to, I got this chrome and this Bugatti <laughs> all the way down to 90. And uh, that shit was dangerous, but it was fun. But then we stopped going. And then they, I don't know what they did with their school, uh, but because um, they're also associated with Texas A&M. So I think they had like, their administration was like, get this shit the fuck together. Yeah, yeah. Whereas we're independent. Thank you. And so we um, kind of had to struggle through our um, progress, but we've gotten there. Um, so, yeah, when we when Dr. Redley came in, he was just like turning shit around like he was trying to he was kind of he was kind of like Joe, Mr. Joe Clark from um, um, fucking lean on, lean on me. Um, but he just, you know, he, he was dealing with some adults at that time. He wasn't dealing with high school kids anymore. Yeah. So we did a lot of pushback. Um, mm-hmm. So it was just a crazy experience, but it was fun to uh, to, to say the least. Um, we had, there was a DJ at every uh, every school. Wednesday. Remember in the, in the in the student center every Wednesday it was hump hump day. But yep. at every like the MLK building, the one building that got torn down by Hurricane Ike, I uh, forgot the technology building. Um, the Barbara Jordan every school had a DJ every week mm-hmm. and so this is why niggas never went to class because we was always turned up so what I started doing I think my first semester I tried to get like classes at night then I changed it I did only morning classes the second semester that way by the time lunch came I could turn up and I could just party the rest of the day like 
Y'all, I, I don't know how lie. the fuck I made straight A's my first two years of school, but I was partying, getting home at 6 a.m. and still making it to my 8 a.m. class. It was an experience for Man, sure. Man, I loved it. Tish, it was fun. It was real fun. And then being that it was open enrollment, it was in the middle of the hood. Oh, you know, I got a little spot in my heart for street niggas. <laughs> so I'd just be sitting outside like, ooh. Y'all, they used to be sitting up on campus. They'd be like, you got to go to class today. You'd be like, yeah, you got to go to class. He's like, I don't, I don't go, go here. here. <laughs> like, oh, okay. He's saying that shit like we crazy. Oh, and it was crazy because um, I think we were the last. Did were, When you came, did the BAT experience come through? So that was the last year that they, mm-hmm. I think BET just stopped it completely it after is. that year. But it would be like niggas from every hood on campus. PB and it would be included. It would be so crazy. Like, it's like, dang, like nobody wanted to go to school, but everybody was at school. And so it everybody was, just, was at Spring Fest. Everybody mm-hmm. was at Homecoming. Uh-huh. Yeah, Me. I do want to I do want to shout out somebody because I was before um, I came today, I was watching the news um, about PV's new president. She's from um, Brown University. Yeah, she was. She's I from mean, Grapeland, yeah, Texas. So shout out to Ruth Simmons. I believe that's her name. I hope. Yes. Um. They people love Ruth. Ruth is changing that um school around. Mm-hmm. Um. PV. Well, PV is already one of the top HBCUs to go to. Is um. Especially and for it to be in Texas, in like right in the Houston area, I think that's pretty dope. Um. I think they are the highest paid. Their students come out the highest paid students of all HBCUs. PV is not considered an Ivy League of HBCUs. But she's trying to change it. She's trying to turn it into right. one. They're doing sure. an amazing mm-hmm. job. So like, you know, I just love seeing the progress of all these schools because we're we're not old, but it's been about 10 years it's now. Historic. So it's like we, you know, we, um, we've we seen when they, people used to talk cash money shit about us. And now it's like, oh yeah, I'm going here. And I just absolutely love the progress. Um, I don't think they've updated their registrars uh, uh <laughs> lines and niggas still ain't got refund checks but you know that's that was the worst (laughs) part of me going to tsu like first of all it it was a struggle for me period so a lot of people don't know i dropped out of high school when i was 16 maybe going on 17 and i was Mm -hmm. just like forget school this ain't for me so for me to finally come to the realization having an aha moment like you know what i'm gonna go to college i'm gonna get this degree I remember sitting on the steps many a times outside of financial aid, crying like, "Why can't I just? Aww. Why y'all just give me this money?" Like y'all made it so extremely hard for us to get financial aid. Like, and it wasn't even the the paperwork process. It was like y'all gatekeepers, and y'all don't even get to see this. Y'all money, don't, y'all don't explain shit nicely, y'all. This was my first time ever being a freshman in college. Like a lot of people, why is it when I come to the financial aid office, you're talking to me as if I know this and I work this, mm-hmm. you work this and you know this, I don't. So please explain it to me on a freshman year basis of college level, please. You know what? I think to apply to an HBCU, there's a there's a box that says, do you have an attitude from a scale of one to 10? 11. <laughs> and if, if it's anything that's reasonable, you're not getting hired. At because all. the way these motherfuckers just like hated talking to you, like we asked, they black asses to come to work. It was just crazy. And it's atrocious. And it's, it's, it's crazy because like when I talked to everybody else that went to an HBCU, no matter if it was for a, an MD program, a JD program, uh, on the East Coast, uh, Midwest, down like down South, like they everybody has the same experience. Yep. And the crazy part is we all went to school in the 2000s where electronic transfers was easy. But niggas still wanted to hand out checks and make you stand in the line alphabetized by your last name. It's 10,000 students, freshmen. How the fuck are we supposed to stand in line and figure this shit out? 
out. And it's crazy because in Houston, it'd be hot as fuck, right? Mm, so you got to truck mm-mm. your ass all the way from one end of the, 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 tiger, the, walk. the tiger walk to the other and, and still make the class in time. And you just drenched in sweat. And this is, oh my God. Y'all, I remember when I first child. went to TSU. And mind you, I, was, I moved from Maryland here. And I'm like, why is there so many niggas with washcloths in their pockets? Until summer hit, and I said, God, give me one of them damn washcloths so I can put in my back pocket. So it's hot. Listen, this is not HBC related. We moved here, so I'm a military rat. We moved here from Germany. The weather is the exact opposite of Houston. It's always raining, always cold. So we get here, and my dad's like, just go outside, be some kids. So we went outside for a couple minutes, came in drenched. He was like, did y'all niggas turn the sprinklers on? We were like, it's hot outside. <laughs> we're hot. Now I see why, maybe that's why the financial aid people had attitudes. Because it's Shit, so it's fucking hot. hot. <laughs> Man, it was crazy though. Like, But let me tell you something. When everybody got them refund when checks. nobody in class. Baby, nobody was in class. <laughs> it was parties everywhere. Including me. Everybody was on a trip. Everybody had the brand new furniture. Every look, look, niggas was laid up. That's when all everybody started getting girlfriends and boyfriends because that's when people started acting right. It's like when mm-hmm. refund checks come for tax season, but it's mm-hmm. when you at school at an HBCU because a lot of us are on a financial aid, um, and so we have a little bit of extra money that we took out that we didn't need and that we're not paying back. Man, <laughs> I remember when they like when I was reading through the little contract and I'm like, this is wild. They're really letting 18 year olds decide if they want to take out twenty thousand. Or max it out to 50,000. Like, what? But they won't let you get a house. You gonna tell me my my no credit having ass is eligible to yep. sign up for a life worth of, uh, of debt, but I can't get something that's actually gonna grow, like yep. that's gonna benefit me in the long run? Because you know what? Y'all could have this funky ass degree. But I mean, well, I am using <laughs> it, but if I could get a refund, I would get a refund and I would go... To twerk some ass. Look, listen, we're not gonna time. tell y'all not to go to college. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. I'm just saying in this new in this new age, and I know there's a lot of people that disagree with me on this. There are so many other ways. Like, co- I want people to stop associating college with a career. I Correct. think you should go to college to get the experience, and I think you should always be educated, regardless of how much money you get paid to be educated. Because knowledge is power, right? Correct. But I also think that if you're going specifically for a career, unless you are an engineer, an a, attorney in Medical finance, field. like something specific, correct? you don't need a degree in how to fucking paint. They will let you literally have a general studies degree for three years and then you get into your fourth year and now it's like, okay, now you need to buckle down and figure out <laughs> what do you want to do? <laughs> like what? And then that kind of takes me back to high school. High school, really, you don't, de- unless, depending on the high school, I will say that you're not developing any type of mental critical thinking to say, this is what I want to do in life because I knew what I wanted to do, which would be help people. So I'm thinking, Hmm, social work, get into social work as my first degree was like, hell no, too little money, too many problems. Let me do child development. Hell no, too little money, too many problems. Now I got a bachelor's in health studies with a concentration on kinesiology. (laughs) <laughs> I have a bachelor's in psychology. I did not play no sport in college. <laughs> I was in there with all the football players and basketball players. Oh, I loved going. I, I, I attended every class. I'm, how, you, how you doing? <laughs> did you make it to your, um, okay. if you need help tutoring, let me know. But literally like it didn't, I don't know. I, I don't discourage people from going to school, but I'm definitely going to be, um, Raising my daughter in a different light when it comes to school. I mean, even if I got to put her in trade school or something to where when you coming out the gate, you got some type of experience or something. I think but I think that I think that's when it comes to you got to be strategic. Right. Because I think Mm -hmm. I think the experience of going to college as an adolescent as an adolescent is very 
very important, especially if you don't come from a privileged family, because I feel like it exposes you to a lot of different things that you may or may not feel that you would have been exposed to otherwise, right? Like, I feel like um, a lot of people go to college and they have one idea of what they want to do in life and then they completely go in a different direction because they were taught they have a voice. Or a lot of people like myself, like, you, you come from a house where it was frowned upon to be quote unquote woke, but now it's like, hold on, like fuck that assimilation shit. Like I miss niggas. Like it, and and I stand firm in my beliefs and my words. So I think there, I think there, I believe there. Not I think I know there is a space for college. I just think we gotta disassociate it with this is how much money you're gonna make because right. like they push that STEM program so much that they left us creatives in a very awkward place where I now do so. Okay, so I am a productivity management engineer. I do a lot of data analytics, and it's not my forte. I had to work really hard to get it. It does not come natural to me as something in a creative space does. So it's like I was forced into another field, whereas if I wouldn't have done that and they just let me be creative, I could have... Let me say, this is what I want. What I'm doing right now with the whole bag is what I wanted to do when I was in high school. And it took me to get to 30 years old to say, you know what? There's other ways to make money. There's other like a means to a madness. Like I can figure out how to juggle it all and not have to put it all in one space. I think um, I'm not a parent, but I think there's a way to teach somebody how to do something, but also let you know, look, you can go out here and be wild with the other 18 year olds. Be a kid. Cause let me tell you something. Society is not nice to us, especially black people where we do not get to be ourselves Mm -hmm. outside of school after we turn 21. So I think People need to go to school and just fucking live and do everything under the sun, except for, you know, no shade. I, you had you had JoJo in college, right? Just I, I would say, would it, you feel like it would be a little bit easier if you would have waited like a I year or two? I didn't go into college directly from high school, so I'm different. Okay. I was 23 when I had my daughter. Oh, okay, yeah. So, I was yeah, single. wait till wait yeah. you're 23. But when you're 18 to 21, go be a kid. Yeah, for be sure. Be a grown kid, because, you know, when you turn 18, I'm a I'm an adult. All right, sis, go be an adult. Go be a grown woman. That's fine. But in, in that space, just go enjoy your time, because life is not going nowhere. Let me tell you that. Even when it comes to back with parenting and all that, too, I wish a lot more younger black people understood that you living with your parents. There's nothing wrong with while that. you're still in college is great, especially if you have a parent that would allow you to do so. So mm-hmm. don't be f- thinking that you're going to be frowned upon. And even if you do fuck them people. Frowned upon what? because they you're still living with your, your bills. people at all. And guess what? When you're the one over here struggling to make rent, do you think they're going to have a rent party for you? Yep. Do you think they're going to offer you a place to stay on, your, yep. on their couch? No. And I used to hate because I stayed with my dad. Look, let me tell you something. My dad was not paying nobody's bills, but he said, if you want to move your black ass back in, you got a room upstairs and we're going to make it work. And people would say, oh, you still live with your dad. I sure the fuck did. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I would, if I wasn't so grown, like I'm just too grown, not <laughs> as a, I'm old enough, like my yeah. mind is too, we're going to butt heads and I can't disrespect that man in his house and I yeah. just don't even want to. But if we got along in that space, I would definitely, at the age of 30, because guess what? I would be saving $1,500 mm-hmm. a month to do whatever I want to do with it. And I, I think y'all look, and I think y'all look at it as uh, you're not mature enough. It's not that you're, oh, or the way y'all like to say, mature, 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 mature. Y'all not mature enough. And it's like, fuck these people. Because guess what? It's your bag at the end of the day. So do what you, you stop, stop letting society pressure you to do stuff that they won't even help you with. Because I know a lot of people who are taking out um, student loans in their parents' names. So their parents are like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt yeah. just so that they can have a thing. Guess what? That I for f- hell fucking no. And even going into like housing on campus, like I think a lot of people just wanted that experience, which 
I guess it's cool too, but I didn't understand if I lived in, if I'm a Houston native and I went to TSU and my mom literally lives on the Southwest, why am I taking out loans to stay on campus? But you know Just what? for that experience? I was, I will speak to this part. So I moved, I was, um, I was in an honors program. So they put all the, the academic scholars in the same tier Western building. And they threw some of the like band and mm-hmm. sports people in there too, but all the academic people were in there together. And so what I noticed was we partied hard, but we also had study sessions together. Mm. And we also were like, Hey, before I go this, make sure you do that paper before what's it happened. So we all held each other accountable. I decided to move off campus when I was going into my junior year and I lost my scholarship because I was like, fuck this, I'm grown. And I literally had, I was living next to people who weren't in school. And like, I'm not going to say that, you know, that's the reason I failed because I didn't have that accountability, but it does help if you are, um, I, I see why. Cause I was seven, I was 16 when I graduated high school. So I was 17 going into college. I'm thinking party, party, party. I didn't realize like there you, it's teaching you to balance things. And I lost my scholarship. I still graduated with honors, but like without the scholarship at the end of my um my academic career. So I see why they did that. Now, if you just want to live on campus. That's the exception though, yeah. Yeah, I was saying, now if you just want to live on campus, because what was that? Oh gosh, I hope you don't want, he probably watched this. You want to live on campus because you're just selling drugs and, you know, it's easiest to get to, to the students that way. <sighs> you probably should go get to, your shit. Or to jail. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. Oh my gosh, y'all! They call it uh, what they call it, uh, urban academic village now. Yeah, but it used to be called Grace Grace Song, baby. Any Houston rap song that you hear from before two thousand and two, it always talks about Grace Song because they used to have Sundays, but the swingers would come out and they would do a loop around Mm -hmm. baby. It was ratchet. It was ratchet. It was like nobody who went to school for some reason. I don't know how people who didn't go to school lived in those apartments. Like. I think the best on campus, quote unquote, because I used to stay at one point in um, Courtyard Palm Apartments. Ooh, girl, we had our own thing going. Uh, you, we literally had a gate around these apartments in the hood, walking distance from TSU to where we had a party one day. June, who's a producer from Houston, I think he was our DJ for that or Bluetooth. It was one of DJ them Bluetooth. that was our DJ. That was our DJ. The police came. I remember running around to close the gate so the police couldn't get in. We had a whole black party at Palm Apartments and the police were just outside the gate and couldn't get in. That is hilarious. I remember Savoy. Savoy probably was the nicest apartments Sav- to me. But Savoy wasn't student housing. Oh, it became student That's housing. That's what I'm later. saying. Yeah. Yeah. But at first it wasn't. And then and then I think so many students moved on there. That's mm-hmm. when it just they were like, fuck it, we're gonna run out to People like Canal, college. Canal ended up being damn near like TSU student. Uh, basically, basically everybody lived but there. But Greystone though, I, I remember, I think it was my first time walking in there. I'm like, ew, like this is what y'all are paying $3,000 a semester for with these shootout. little bitty. They had a shootout in Greystone in 2007. Sounds about right. Between DC niggas. Y'all came out here wilding. It wasn't even Houston people. It yep. was crazy. It was crazy. Like when I say going to our HBCU was so great. <laughs> I remember, so mind you, I came from Germany. So I don't know shit. Like unless I seen it in a music video, I don't know shit about <laughs> shit. So like we're You're somewhere. suburban dude. We're, we're on the, um, we're on the tennis court before they transferred into whatever it is now. We're on the tennis court and they start playing Oak Cliff. That's my yeah, hood. Yeah. And then somebody said, I'm about to pop the trunk on these bitch ass niggas. And everybody was like, <laughs> and I was like, why? <laughs> Taylor, get your stupid ass. And I was like, okay. And <laughs> I was like, we it was a we was in the middle of the hood. It was crazy. Like we literally 
should not have been in that situation at all. But it was an experience to say the least. Like TSU has TSU had different then. waves. They had the DC VA wave where all the niggas from DC. That's why was we there. know so many people. Like, all yeah. you niggas from the DMV because yeah. because it was because um I think no I know what it was. Back then, or maybe even still now, D.C. is not a state. They have so they have mm-hmm. in-state tuition anywhere they go. TSU mm-hmm. was very cheap relatively to and it was that open area. Enrollment. Open enrollment. So they brought a, they did a lot of recruiting from that area. But you, you got to remember, DMV niggas are a different breed of people. And they brought those. The violence with them. <laughs> they chose violence every fucking day of the week. And so they had to stop recruiting from there. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but like some of my greatest friends are, I still, every time I go to DC, I go fuck with y'all. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know who your cousins was that was acting up. And mm-hmm. it was, it was just, a, it was, it, I don't know. It was crazy. It was an experience. To say we had the, the Dallas wave, the Cali wave. It was a lot of different waves that came through Houston um, for specifically TSU. The um, New Orleans wave. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. it because it was crazy. Because remember, New Orleans dudes or people and DC people had their similar accents, yep. oddly, and they all Lil Wayne was their god. Like at the time, so everybody had on white tee, <laughs> yeah. and they had their hairs locked up, their hair locked up. So it was just like, and then they had like the own lingo, and you just sit there and listen, like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but it was an experience to say the least. It like it was, was, it was definitely crazy. Um, I will say, uh, I, I I wouldn't trade it for the world. The only thing I would trade. Um, was um, being broke. I think I would have, but that was on me. Like I would have figured out another way to hustle. But yeah, I enjoyed every single moment of it. It was, mm-hmm. ooh, even the professors with they bitch asses. Golly, nah, rest I, in peace, I would, Dr. I would, uh, I would pop some of them professors up out of there. <laughs> Dr. Uh, ooh, uh, why can't I say his name? Dr. Professor Frank. Qualls, rest in peace to him because he failed me three times out of stats and um, he finally was like, he said, Red, get the and fuck Freeman. out of my class. <laughs> Freeman as Rest well. Rest in peace, Dr. Freeman. You know you yeah. gave me a D in your class. Um, but I respect you. He's a living legend. He is a you living You know, legend. he taught Dr. Martin Luther King. No. Yes. Do- Dr. Mar- Dr. Martin Luther the King. Dr. Martin Luther the King. He taught him. Um, and it was crazy because Dr. Freeman didn't know who he was at the time. And he always tells this story about how Dr. King walked up to him and was like, hey, I was in your class. He didn't teach him like for a whole like semester. I think Dr. King just took a class for Dr. Uh, from Dr. Freeman back in like, Forever ago. Before we were alive. Um, so it's just, it's crazy. We have a lot of legends that went there and um, that we worked under that, you know, they they were no bullshit professors. And to this day, I think that helps us set boundaries and it helps us learn how to deal with um, non-black people um, because they, they will try you in this world. And I feel like they contributed to a lot of this generation's zero tolerance for bullshit. Um I, I, there was a kid that I met, uh, last week, he goes to TSU and he was like, I would have fired, I was got such, such fired. And it's like, dang, we couldn't do that back in the day. Like you just had to learn how to be I don't even think we thought to do that back then. We just y'all, took This it. cancel culture, yeah. this new generation with the whole, I'm sensitive, so I'm gonna make you lose your, fuck that. Yeah, like y'all, that's I feel like y'all are missing out on, yeah. y'all are missing out on life legend, le- lessons when you do that because you have a sense of entitlement where, I will say the professors that we had, yes, they gave us a hard-ass time, but guess what? We don't take no for an answer because if anything taught you at TSU, they're going to say no, and we're going to find the back door to that yeah, bitch and get a yes sure. to that. And I think I think they specifically did that because in this world, white people are going to tell you no. Um, they're going to say that you're not qualified, that you're not articulate enough, you're not all these things. And then guess what? There's going to be somebody that does think that you're this. So I think going to an HBCU with those difficult professors – um, who just essentially wanted us to be sharp edges on both ends. I think it was really beneficial to me personally. Um, mm. It was it was an experience I wouldn't trade 
for my I, life. I think I had a, a few run-ins with some just old-ass aunties. Ooh, child, and the yes. fact that I'm not coming in this bitch at 18 and 19, I'm... Not that age. So it's mm-hmm. like I wasn't coming in there on the same type of time that a lot of the girls were in there on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it was different. I think if I would have came straight out of high school going into it, I would have a different mindset. But I don't do well with older black people, pe- older people, period, demanding respect when you're not giving respect. Oh, and I yeah. think a lot of TSU professors, there's a way you can talk to me and there's a way you can talk at me. And if mm-hmm. you're going to talk at me. I'm going to talk right back at you as well. Mm-hmm. So that's where I used to bump heads with a lot of these professors. And I get, and I was pregnant at one semester too. I remember being like, you know what? <laughs> I got my big ass up and I got out. And I walked straight down to go change my major right then and there. I was like, I'm, if, if, if this is the lady, that's the, she was the freaking, I hate having to keep, keep saying gatekeeper. She was the gatekeeper over a lot of the other professors. So it was like, uh-uh. I did I have one Dina try me like, that no. way. Mm-mm. She, um, and it's crazy. I feel like I, I always am embarrassed to tell this story, but it was just, it was ridiculous. So I'm, I'm a horrible test taker. Mm-hmm. I'm intelligent as fuck. But like when it comes to testing, I, I've spelt my name wrong sometimes just because I over, I don't, I, that sounds crazy, but like I, I fucking suck at taking tests. Mm-hmm. And so there was an exit exam. Mind you, I had a 3.25. Like I was, I was the reason that y'all could say y'all department was doing well. I couldn't pass the exit exam. So I, you're allowed to take it three times and I took it twice my freshman year because I just thought I was that fucking smart. Like, so I had one more time and then I ended up getting into my major, my junior year. So I forgot all about this test. So then after I finished all my classes, you know, it's time to graduate. I'm like, oh shit, I got to take the exit exam. I hadn't studied this shit in four and a half years. And so I got a 69 and you needed a 70. And this dean told me, she was like, she basically called me remedial and told me that I needed to go get it, find another degree. And I said, you will not talk to me like that. And she was like, well, she said some shit, like basically called me dumb after that. And I said, you know what, sis? I was like, you have a nice day, but you got yours coming to you. <laughs> You're like one of the white kids. I grabbed my shit. Blow this I grabbed my up. shit. I first came back with my dad because my dad's a very intimidating person. <laughs> and she was like, well, maybe your daughter just isn't, you know, quite, uh, psychology uh, material. And I said, you know, I wrote a letter to everybody. And I said, this bitch is y'all problem. I was like, y'all don't want us to be great and all this stuff. And I eventually, um, she was like, you know what? We had an error on our part. I didn't see that you like were one of our best students. And like, oh, you just, wow. They let me graduate. And I was just like, you are the problem with black people. Well, that goes back to what you said, that HBCU, then three years prepared you to not take that no. And you kept pushing for Hell it because nah. you know you deserved it. Girl, I was like, and the crazy part, I don't even use this damn degree. Like, y'all can have this shit. I mean, I I would kind of say the same. That's why I was like, I have a freaking kinesiology degree. But if it wasn't for me having a four-year degree from, you know, a bachelor's degree, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to skip past not having experience in the position that I am now. So Mm -hmm. I guess it kind of works, but... It's an experience to say the least. I will yeah. say we have the best homecomings because, oh, so for one semester, I had a friend who went to Baylor. So I was always at Baylor. Like people thought I went to fucking Baylor. <laughs> like I'd be sitting in her class just because I was skipping my class. And um, like we went to their homecoming. I was like, it's whack. And so like now I watch people and they go back to their homecomings, their PWI homecomings. And it's just like they have the black area. Mm, and no. it's like that's they they get live off of that. And I'm like, y'all, I'm gonna let y'all enjoy y'all moment. But it ain't got shit on no HBCUs. Homecoming, like we come back to that's the one time it's we like can come back and just reunion. get bathed in blackness yeah. and like see the kids grow up and just be ignorant. Like we get to take a break from society and just the whew. next TSU uh, homecoming 
it's going to be so live because we didn't have one. We didn't have one. Because of COVID. Listen, every, I think every single HBCU homecoming yeah, is about to be, be ignorant. Yeah. They about to have to put some new laws in place. I already yeah. see it happening because, shit, I'm coming out there butt-ass naked. Like, I'm I just think I'm going to have to actually crazy. get an RV this time and a tent. Yeah. <laughs> and just I'm going to empty my 401k for it. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm playing. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm coming to Taylor's tent. <laughs> Listen, I cannot wait. Like, and it's crazy. Like, I just... I'm, I'm trying to do a road trip. I'm trying to hit yeah. G-Ho. We need to make our own college uh, BET tour. Listen. The whole bag tour. We, Look ooh. out for it. You know what? We told you we're going to put that link in the bio now. We're not playing with y'all. If y'all want to donate to the whole bag HBCU tour, just let us, we'll get that started yeah, we, now. We, we, we'll, actually, we're going to do that after we hang hey. up on this. But y'all, um, so, oh, I do want to comment on one thing, though. I had a little vent on Twitter and my Twitter is private because I'm just going to get fired if I ever make it public. But you motherfucking PWI. I want to retweet you so bad and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> you PWI, Nick. It's something about going to an HBCU. We all are taught that we have to stick together because nobody else is going to look out for us right. the way we look out for each other. And so like I've worked for a couple of different organizations and I noticed that the black people that did not go to HBCUs are very much so crabs in a barrel, not all of them, but a majority of them. And they also will throw you under the bus for their personal gang in front of these white folks. And it's like, why? I don't, I don't get it. Cause you're not getting a raise off of this. And if I get fired, guess what? Yeah. You're going to be the token blackie until the next one comes. So you want to mm -hmm. be the only nigga in the place. Like that doesn't make sense. Whereas like when you work with other black people, cause I, cause we'll get different black people that come in from different, you know, walks of life and they like, Hey, what you doing? I'm going to put you up for uh, for consideration for this job right here because I see you and I know you just don't haven't had somebody to help you out. People, I don't even know their last names have done it and I know where they came from. But it's when people go to PWIs, it's just like, I don't know you. And guess what? The, the crazy part, the blackness in me will never have, feel comfortable enough to go to my white counterpart and say, you know, Toya is her reports look like shit. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna come to you first. Like, hey, sis, you might want to work help? on this. Hey, you might want to work. There's a, a way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna approach her before right. I it ever gets to the point that somebody else with the authority to swipe her name off and be unemployed, it, it gets to her, and it, it, I don't see that. Now, I will say some D nine people. They denying divine nine. That's uh the black letter Greek organizations that you guys see. Deltas, AKs, Alphas, Qs, Iotas, even those you know whatever. Um, Kappas, Sigmas, Zetas, and SUROs. Like they um they they have more sense of community even if they did go to PWIs. Um, so um I will say that's an exception to the rule, but and isn't everything like I said is not solid but mm -hmm. from my experience working with PWI blacks is the most <clears throat> difficult thing and so I'm glad to see this new wave of kids like the new the generation under us because we're not the youngest ones anymore mm -hmm. they're all choosing HBCUs to go to and I'm so so proud like y'all don't even know that's going to affect like the future generations for years to come because they're going to have more sense of community and less sense of entitlement just because they're token blackies and I think token blackies and pigmishas are going to start to fade away if I think if you think about I it I think those token blackies that's such a funny word it is that's gonna be one of the bullet points token blackies <laughs> I like that's it that's funny I think that they are those four years that they went with the to school with a lot of white people there they kind of um attracted some of their mannerisms as far as like feeling entitled 
That's mm-hmm. one thing that they've carried with them that they learned from a PWI mm-hmm. versus the HBCU people. We probably just learned not taking no, keep going harder. No, mm-hmm. they feel entitled. They mm-hmm. feel like they belong here, da da da. So you get into the real world and then you forgot you was a token blackie. What? I'm getting fired after all I've done? Yes. Yes, you, nigga. Token blackie. What a Kanye? I know we mad at Kanye, but Kanye, I love Kanye. Kanye drops some gems. Like he always drops in. You still a nigga in a coop. Like yep. it doesn't matter. Like they they're gonna treat you accordingly. Like until you're no longer of use to them. Like it, yeah, it, you, you as up. long as you stay in your space. And it was crazy because uh, we I was talking to somebody I forgot who it was, and they were like that that moment you decide to to say no and stand up and for yourself, they're gonna be on your ass. So you mm-hmm. always that's why they teach you at HBCUs to dot your t. Cross your eyes, God damn. Dot your eyes across your T's because right. guess what? They're gonna come for you. You have to be twice as hard to get half of what they get. And yep. it, unfortunately, it's still true in 2021. I don't care how many diversity incentives and programs you see going to initiatives, uh, going to like they don't give a fuck about you at all. They just need to make it look like they're being inclusive. Right. And it's crazy because I think the media will show that we're changing, but there are still like literally. 48% of Americans that don't feel the same way because they voted against anything that had to do with Black Lives Matter. So it's just, there there are people out there that are going to be in these workspaces that don't mm-hmm. give a fuck. And you see it on these TikToks with these young kids. They're learning that from someplace. They're yeah. not, they don't just wake up like this. <laughs> they, <laughs> they just, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to hate niggas today. No, they <laughs> their parents told them that shit. So it's, y'all, we got to we gotta stick together. And I'm so happy I, had a H, I have an HBCU experience. Um, same. I do, I do, I will say the only thing I would have changed, I wish I wasn't around so many ignorant ass niggas. I love it, but then I'm like, damn, like, it can't yeah, be this many ignorant I'm tired of being in ignorant spaces, period. <laughs> I don't give a damn what color is attached to it. Shit. Shit. It was, yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I, um, I had fun. I loved it. Do you have any whole tip when it comes to HBCUs or PWIs or even little coons in the workplace? Damn, you asked me a lot. I have. I know. <laughs> Give us a, a couple of whole tips. Okay, then. I guess my whole tip would be a blanket for this thing because we do need to wrap it up. Um, young people, I know you guys follow LLC Twitter, um, but go to school and enjoy being young and black and free while you can because it's not always going to be like that. If Fortunately, we live in Houston where we are allowed to be young, black and free still up into our 30s. But if you decide to move to Seattle or wherever you move to, you might not have the same experience. So don't turn it away because um, like you see these rich kids going to school. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like they need it to go get a job. They can ask their parents. But like there's an experience that you cannot trade. So if you get to choose between the HBCU and, you know, unless you're in football and want to be a part of the Rose Bowl or something like yeah. that, like... Even then, contribute to your HBCU. Take them to the next level. Oh yeah, I wouldn't try to choose an HBCU. <laughs> um, I think mine would be, since we were talking about college, I just went to the Galleria the other day and I saw so many young black people standing in the Gucci line. And I just said, damn, I bet you somebody freshman year just got their refund standing mm. in line about to blow it on a bag just for you to get that bag and not have a goddamn penny in it. <sighs> Don't be that person. And let me tell you something. You might not have that bag in five years and you're going to have them student loans still because I still got them. Yeah. With that being said, <laughs> bye. bye.